0: everything the soil test said we needed and we applied it exactly the way it said we needed to apply it far as rates you know whether it was one two point two pints or a quart or two quarts whatever the soil test said we needed to do that's what we did and everything the soil test said we needed to do we got a yield response positive yield response Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A Better Way to Farm shows you how to
1: take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Hello, Rod here at A Better Way to Farm. Thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate each time you give the podcast a listen. You know, here at A Better Way to Farm, our goal is to increase yields and improve profits, and we work every day diligently. Today, I am really super lucky. I'm excited about the guest that we have and the opportunity to interview him. And We're going to talk about mm-hmm. the six things that he has learned from doing the yield contest. I'd like to welcome to today's episode, Mr. Jerry Cox. Jerry, welcome. Uh, thanks, Rod. I'm happy to be here and more than happy to do this. I appreciate you. It's been a lot of fun working together for going on our 22nd year and man, just a blink and it was over with. So Derek, let's jump right in here, Jerry, and talk about some of the things you made a list. And first thing you had me put down on the list was don't be a moron. Talk to us about what that means.
0: Well, you know, uh, I've been entering the corn yield contest for several years before I ever knew anything about a better way to farm. But what I mean by don't being a moron, I thought that I could, I was wanting to enter the yield contest. And I said, well, on 10 acres, I can go out there because that's 10 acres is all you have to have to enter the yield contest. I'll just go out there and I'll dump about two or three times the amount of fertilizer on that few acres. And that's going to raise my yield, but it didn't. So what I've learned is. Don't be a moron is just don't think you can go out and put more on and raise your yields. So that probably will lead us into my second thing that I learned. Absolutely. You know, that is true. And, and we think that oftentimes if the
1: answer was just more NP, more K, you know, if it was all just those big three, we'd all be growing 500 bushel corn. And it's really not that simple. So when you say don't be a moron, Jerry,
0: how do you avoid that? How do you figure out what you do need to put on? Well, the first thing, you got to have a complete soil test and it will tell you how much N, P, and K you need and it will tell you all your microbes that you might need. You know, we've all seen the barrel where the water runs out with the lowest stave on that barrel. So we've got to figure all these things out and raise those staves to the top. So we got to know where to start. And if you don't have a complete soil test, you won't know where to start. It might be zinc, it might be boron, it might be manganese, it might be magnesium, and more times than not, it's a combination of all of those and in the right amounts too. So that's why we need that good complete soil test is to find out exactly what we do
1: need. That's exactly right. And, and so when we pull that and it makes those recommendations and they come back, Jerry, let's take a side trip here for just a second. And talk about the first test plot we ever had at your place and what you learned about using micronutrients and secondaries on that.
0: Yeah, well, when I very first got started using some of the Compton products, Rod here came to my farm and we talked about different things. And he asked me if I'd like to put out a test plot and use using the conklin products and i yeah. said sure if i'm going to be using them i like to have a test plot and see what actually is working and what's not uh, but the first thing rod told me he said well you know where you want to put this test plot and i said yeah we'll put it right down here by the highway where it would be easy access i can get to it easily i can check on it every day so he said now we'll go down there and take a soil test And then we'll plant the test plot. So we went and took a soil test, sent it to Midwest Labs, got the results back, and when we planted the plot, we planted it exactly as the soil test told us to. I know we had not only the starter fertilizers, but zinc, boron, copper, and maybe a couple more. I've lost track. That's been 22 years ago. (laughs) But... When we planted the plot, we did it exactly with what the soil test said
1: we needed. That's awesome. And tell me about the results. When you saw each one of those be what kind
0: of results did you get out of each additional micronutrient? Well, of course, Rod didn't have a weigh wagon or anything. So when we got ready to weigh the test plot, I got my local seed dealer to bring a weigh wagon out. So it was a third party that did the weighing and, and the measuring and all of that. So we started at the plot on one side and we had a check about every third application. We had a check so we could compare it to just a standard rates of things with with and without. I was really surprised. Everything the soil test said we needed and we applied it exactly. The way it said we needed to apply it, far as rates, you know, whether it was one two point two pints or a quart or two quarts, whatever the soil test said we needed to do, that's what we did. And everything the soil test said we needed to do, we got a yield response, positive yield response, anywhere from a couple bushels to the acre up to nine or close to ten bushels to the acre every single application whether it was a starter fertilizer whether it was any of the micronutrients and i know we had at least five micros in there so everything we said and i've never done anything like that to see that uh you know you've got to have everything just uh, fixing one thing may help but then that next stave on that barrel's water's going to start flowing out there if you don't fix that. So that kind of opened my eyes to doing a soil testing and learning exactly what your soil needs. Absolutely. And when we do that, when we meet all those nutrient needs, that puts us
1: on the path to your number three thing, which was plant health. So we started out with the right foundational program. But talk to me, Jerry, about what else you do that you said one of the things that you've learned from this is the importance of plant health and has some things to achieve it. Talk to us about that.
0: Well, you know, we want to be out there scouting our fields and, and looking at them. On my contest fields, I'm there every day. I mean, every day I'm out looking at, at those fields. But, you know, we want to make sure we don't have any diseases. So we want to make sure we. if we see anything coming, even sometimes we do a preventative application of a fungicide another thing we want to do is make sure we don't run out of nitrogen because it's critical late we will actually put on a late season nitrogen application maybe from 40 to 50 units of nitrogen uh, right before tossel, and even we have another product uh, called Feast XL it's a 26005 B Nitrogen source with a little bit of boron in there that we put on at about the uh, R2 growth stage, we, which we can do with a fungicide and it works real good together and saves a trip over the field. So we really want to keep that plant healthy the whole year long. I mean, we want to keep it green as long as we possibly can. Absolutely. And I know you've jumped ahead there and you grabbed number four,
1: which is scouting. Talk to us, though, when you say scouting, are you just driving by your fields once
0: a week, or what does scouting mean to you, Jerry? No, scouting don't mean uh, driving by your field at 50 mile an hour <laughs> and say, well, that looks good. Uh, scouting to me means actually stopping, and normally I do it pretty early in the morning. dew will still be on. I may get a little wet, but I'd rather do it then as uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon when it's you know, 95 degrees in the shade. So we're out there every day. I mean, if you see a problem, you want to head it off as soon as you can. You don't want it to develop and get out of control, especially some of these problems we have with the diseases we have now. I know we haven't had this tar spot in our area yet, but I hear it's really can be devastating. But we have gray leaf spot and some of the other southern rust, some of the other diseases. So we want to make sure. We're out there and also i mean sometimes you usually don't see it late but uh as the corn is growing through the different vegetative stages sometimes you might have a nutrient deficiency a micronutrient deficiency even though you think you've addressed everything with the soil tests and your application when you plant and foliar feeding but i found that during the year i've had a micro deficiency in some products Uh, so we want to head those off before they uh, start robbing our yield.
1: I know I've heard you say a hundred times you never want your corn to have a bad day and you do that with the soil test and with the row place nutrients but then uh, I know you also do that with foliar feeding. I know visually you can spot these deficiencies but talk to us about tissue testing and how you use that how
0: important it is to you you know, I've been farming for 40 years before I met. A better way to farm. So you think you've got all your soil needs addressed with the soil test, but that does not mean that it's getting into the plant. So we do tissue testing to find out what we might still need. So we started doing tissue testing and found that some of the Micros that we thought we were addressing, we actually still needed some help with. That's when we, you know, started doing that, and that kind of led into foliar feeding and that aspect of uh, some of the things that I've learned from the yield contest.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our new partnership with Solar. We're saying goodbye to our electric bill. At the end of 2021, we made the decision to get solar panels. The solar company we have partnered with has made things so quick and seamless. They finished our installation on two of our projects within 24 hours. There are incredible tax benefits and no electric bill. That makes it a win-win. The company we're working with even financed the project at less than 2% interest with no money down. That makes our monthly payment $100 less than our electric bill was. You can get your free quote at www.abetterwaytofarm.com forward slash solar. Again, abetterwaytofarmcom forward slash solar. Absolutely. And that is number five is foliar feeding. Jerry, I know you, you started into it in a pretty soft way, did a little bit, but very quickly you were doing a lot of foliar feeding. You still do a lot of foliar feeding. Talk to us about what you learned specifically about foliar feeding and why you do so much of it today.
0: Well, it was actually my third year with A Better Way to Farm before I ever did any foliar feeding. But once I got a handle on what I should be doing, I was told, you know, that the timing and the products I probably should be using after we did tissue tests. Then we learned I think I always needed a little zinc, a little boron. Now, in times, we need some other microbes, but I, those were two of the main things I've used in my foliar feeding program. So I was determined to do it properly, exactly, with the timing, because there are certain stages in the corn plant's life that things happen. So around that V4 to V5, I guess it's probably about V5 or V6, it determines the girth of the year the number of rows around so we want to foliar feed a little before that time so that foliar feed has a time to get in actually get taken up by the plant and also all the benefits is not from what you foliar feed you kind of stimulate that plant and it'll actually pick up more nutrients through the root system too. We start out foliar feeding that first pass around that B3 to B5 growth stage. And I like to start on the earlier side of that because if the weather turns bad and you can't get into the field, you're gonna miss that. So I like to start a little earlier. We do that first one around that B3 to B5. If I can get out there at B3, that's when I'm gonna do it. So we did that and there's some other things, you know, we learned about this foliar feeding. And I'll just go ahead and mention, we want to use high pressure. We want to get that pressure up to at least 70 PSI. We don't want to use a real high volume. We want to keep that volume down. We want a real fine mist out there when we're uh, foliar feeding. So that was our first one. And I did that that first year. That would have been 2003 that's when I did it. Well, my second foliar feeding we was going to do around the V8 to V10 because the, the ear was getting to de- beginning to determine how long it was going to be. So it starts raining, 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 and I can't get out there with a the ground rig, but I said, I'm going to do this right. So I call my airplane man, and they fly it on for me. So I actually have them fly it on so we get it done timely. I didn't want to miss that. So we do that. And then our third foliar feed is at the R2 growth stage. We use the Feast XL product. That's the 2600.5B product. And we also use a fungicide at the same time. Of course, I had to have an airplane do that. That was my foliar feeding program. But we did it at the exact times that it was supposed to be done in the corn plant's life cycle. Absolutely. So can you share with us what kind of results you got out of that? (laughs) Well, I'd been, you know, in the yield contest. Actually, (laughs) give you a little bit of history about that. I'd started in the yield contest back in the early 80s, and I'd had just a little bit of success. And the first two years, I started with a better way to farm. We did win a national award in 2001. That was my first year, and we actually won Two in 2002, but in 2003 was the first year I'd done any foliar feeding and was getting more comfortable with A Better Way to Farms program, how to use the products. We actually won four national awards in 2003. And at that time, that was the most any one farming family had won in one year. Uh, Now, since then, there's been other families won four, but at that time, that was the most. That's awesome great results. so obviously love fuller
1: feeding. Talk to me a little bit. Uh, another key to this is we want to make sure we get a timely harvest
0: you said explain that to us. yeah I've been doing this yield contest and when you harvest with the on the yield contest you have to have supervisors there. You can do your first yield check but if it goes over a certain yield level and it's changed throughout the years, I can tell you what it is now I don't remember what it was then. But the yield now is, it has to be 325 bushel or more. And if it's that, you have to do a second yield check. And to do a second yield check, you have to have two supervisors there. And they do the measuring and the moisture testing and the weighing of the corn and and everything. What I mean by timely harvest, I had it happen to me a few years ago where... We did a yield check, and, a, and the yield check was like 329 bushels to the acre on some dry land ground, which is a still yet a pretty good yield in dry land. But since it went over the threshold, I had to do a recheck. I couldn't get my second supervisor where they could both be there at the same time for about 10 days. And when they finally did, we did it, we lost about 10 bushels from what our original check was. Now, it's all calculated on the amount of moisture it has in, so it's figured on dry bushels. So we actually lost 10 bushels to the acre yield, which cost us a national win. (laughs) I think I got beat by about three or four bushels for a national win. And uh, so that's what I mean by timely. Don't let that corn get too dried down. You want to get it when the moisture is a little higher, especially for these yield contests. I know it costs money to dry this corn, but when you go to losing ten bushel in ten days at the price corn is today, six dollars and fifty cents or even a little higher, you can buy a lot of gas. Yeah, for sixty-five can- bucks
1: an acre, you can yeah. buy some LP. And I think the deal is, it's not only do you want to do it timely in the contest, but you try to do everything as timely as possible and get all of your crop out,
0: correct? Yes, we do. You know, we start harvest, and I'm from southern Missouri, down around the Cape Girardeau, Missouri area, and we start harvest down there the last week of August or the first week of September every year. That's depending on when we get started planting, but we try to get it out timely because it's still pretty warm. And when you're drying corn and the outside temperature is still ninety degrees, it's a lot easier to dry twenty-five percent corn at ninety degrees than it is twenty percent corn at sixty degrees. <laughs> There's your tip for the day, folks. Save
1: you a little bit of money right there. So let's recap. Number one, what have we learned? Number one, don't be a moron. Number two, know what your soil needs through a good soil test. Number three, Keep that plant healthy as much as you can, and that would include proper row place nutrients, late-season nitrogen and fungicide. Number four, consistent, intense scouting. Number five, proper foliar feeding. Number six, a timely harvest. Jerry, we're here today at the Stony Creek Inn in Columbia, Missouri, attending one of the fundamentals of agronomy training. Talk to us about how these have played into your journey towards championship yields.
0: Well, you know, I've gone to a lot of these. I started, I guess, I don't know if I went to one the very first year. It would have been the first winter after I'd already planted a crop. But I've learned so much. I know the average farmer doesn't know what I have learned. I can still remember the very first one I went to. I learned that we had three mobile nutrients in the soil that you can't build them up. You know, and, and I, I didn't, I'd never been told that before. They are nitrogen. It's mobile. You know, you got to put it on every year. Sulfur. You can't build sulfur up in the soil either because it's mobile. It'll leave just like nitrogen. And boron is another one. And, uh, I, I didn't know that. That's one of the things I learned. I know another thing I learned and every farmer should know this is how to stage a crop. I would almost guarantee if you took 10 farmers out in a field of corn that was waist high, nine of them could not tell you what stage that corn plant was in. I thought it was just counting the leaves and how many (laughs) leaves it had. That was the stage it was in, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I I learned you got to look for those leaf collars and and count the leaf collars. That's your vegetative growth stages. And then I, I didn't actually know all the reproductive stages either, but uh, that's another one of the main things. And and not only corn, but soybeans too. I mean, that's what I grow. So whatever you grow, whether it be wheat. Now, I don't grow wheat, so I can't tell you the stages of wheat, but I've learned a lot about the plants and the stages they're in. So, you know, a lot of your chemicals that you actually spray on crops have have, you have to know what stage your crop's in because there's a certain stage that they can't be sprayed beyond and you need to know how to do that. Not always an agronomist or somebody uh, around that can help you out with that.
1: We want to say a special thank you to each who have taken the time to review the podcast. And Moving forward, we're going to start featuring a review each week. Today's review comes from mouth eighty one. And they said, great resource, awesome information about improving your crop production from reliable and relatable people. They focus on helping everyday farmers succeed. Thank you, Mouth 81. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, Jerry, I appreciate you taking the time. Ladies and gentlemen, by the time this podcast drops, we'll be down to about three programs left. If you would like to meet Jerry, he's going to be with us in Ankeny, Iowa on the 17th and 18th. He'll be with us in Indianapolis, Indiana. And then he has graciously consented to go all the way to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And he would love the opportunity to sit down and visit with you for a little bit. I would highly encourage you to take advantage of that. He'll be at those three programs. So if you'd like some further information about those programs and how you can sit down with Jerry, please give us a call at 641-919-1206 or feel free to give us a text. We take a text at that same number. If you follow us on the Facebook platform, please feel free to send us a message there on the Facebook page of A Better Way to Farm. If you find value in what we do, we'd really appreciate it if you take the time to give us a rating and give us a review here on the podcast platform. We would appreciate that so much. Oh, by the way, I would invite you to go over to the website, abetterwaytofarm.com. And take the profit calculator. It's a little five-question quiz that might point you towards some things you could do to make some extra money. So, guys, I appreciate you tuning in. It's always an honor to be a little bitty part of your life. And we just want to tell you guys that we really do hope you're having a better day.
0: You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.